You're listening to Discovering Multifamily, where we discuss all educational topics in commercial real estate with an emphasis on multifamily apartment investing via syndication. And now your hosts, former NFL fullback Brian Leonard and Anthony Scandariato. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Discovering Multifamily Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Scandariato with Red Knight Properties. And today we have a special guest here with us. It's it's going to be an interesting discussion. Martin Sines joins us as the managing partner of the Quest Fund. And he is experienced in real estate, commercial real estate uh, investing on in many different levels. He's been around for a while. Um, he, you know, like I say, he's the founder of Bequest Funds and he's investing in mortgage notes as opposed to investing in, um, you know, common equity, you know, uh, positions in different deals. And, uh, you know, he has some multifamily experience and some other asset class experience. And we're just going to talk about how he's finding his deals. We're recording this kind of, you know, uh, early second quarter of 2022. So kind of coming out of the pandemic, how has the foreclosure moratoriums affected his deal sourcing? And uh, what is he looking for when he's, you know, acquiring a no position? And how is that different than just traditional um, real estate sourcing? So uh, thank you for coming on, Martin. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Anthony. Great. So you want to just give me a high level on what's the note? What is note investing? Sure, I got into it. Yeah, there's there's a number of different ways that uh, you know one can go about um, uh, being a note investor. However, I'll give you um, my my career path with it, if you will. So in uh, 2013, I um, had sold a federal contracting company that my wife and I founded. And I was looking for something to do. I had I had been a landlord on both on the commercial and residential side for a while um, prior to 2013, and I stumbled upon note investing as a uh, as a as a career change for myself. And what what I found that to entail is um, you have you have mortgages that are originated at banks or other lending institutions. Uh, you have a homeowner that wants to you know purchase a new home and they go to the bank, fill out the application. Well, a percentage of those mortgages go into default for certain reasons, whether it's through a divorce or, or a health issue or loss of job. And so what happens is over a course of time, the bank will bundle those defaulted mortgages into tranches and sell them into the secondary mortgage market space, which is essentially like a flea market between various hedge funds and lenders that buy and sell mortgages. And so um, so what, what I did, I, I set up a company, uh, a hedge fund in 2013, <clears throat> where, where we purchased residential defaulted mortgages. And so, um, you know, we'd buy those at deep discounts from the major lending institutions. And myself and my company, we would get on the phone, we would make connections with the homeowners and work out loan modifications and other resolutions to help keep the homeowner in their homes and and, uh, bring them back to a current status. And so over the course of time, hundreds of notes later, hundreds of performing uh, notes converted to performing, later um, built a healthy portfolio of performing mortgages and launched Bequest Funds two years ago, where we took in investor dollars to uh, to grow the fund. Okay. And how does that work differently than just a traditional syndication model? You know, obviously you're 
I'm sure you're paying preferred returns. Is there, is there any additional upside for investors? How does that look? So Bequest Funds is set up as a boring income fund, and that's how we like to refer to it. So um, whereas, uh, you know, a lot of investors are experiencing volatility in the stock market or, or um, they're trying to figure out what cryptocurrency is all about, um, you know, they can look at Bequest Funds as a vehicle to place money into Bequest Funds, earn an annual 9% return that's paid to them on a monthly basis. So it is a monthly passive income vehicle for investors to uh, help them diversify what they have going on. So in terms of waterfall, there is no waterfall to the fund. We buy these mortgages in at an 11 to 12% yield, thereby allowing us to pay the 9% PREF to our investors. Um, but as far as you know, waterfall, that's not part of the fund. Yeah. So how, what kind of risk are investors taking on when coming into note investing? So there's really two major risks, and these risks are not just, you know, just pertaining to note investing, um, but delinquency is a big, um, you know, a big metric that we look at on a daily basis. So how many of the homeowners are paying on time? right? On the real estate side, how many of the tenants are paying on time? And then you place them into different collection buckets and, and, uh, and, and you have an asset manager that works that accordingly. And so um, currently our portfolio is sitting at 98.58% um, paid. So, our, so we monitor that daily. We have delinquency reports created. And so that's one metric we're very, very conscientious on. The other is equity coverage. So um, because how it works is um, we, if you take a hedge fund that buys in defaulted paper, let's say at 30 cents on the dollar from the bank, gets it to perform and then sells it to Bequest at 65 cents on the dollar, you know, the hedge funds doubling their money. So nobody feels sorry for them. And, and Bequest funds has a 20, 30 year performing asset on its books. And so what that allows us to do is since we're not buying in and at par, it allows us to buy in that performing mortgage that's reseasoned at a discount. So, which also gives us equity coverage on that account. So our portfolio sits at under 65% investment to value. Okay. And then, so what's the holding period? So there's tranche. a few, uh, what's that? Of each tranche. What's, what's the holding yeah. period? So um, but, uh, buy into Bequest, you're an equity stakeholder. So you're, you're a part owner of the entire portfolio of mortgage loans. And, and so there's three classes you can come in at. One's that pay 6% with a six-month time commitment. The other is 8% with a one-year time commitment. And the other is 9% at a four-year time commitment. Got it. Okay, interesting. And so when you're, you, you mentioned the risks, um, you know, how do you handle, and everyone's kind of talking about upcoming recession, we'll see what happens. Um, how do you, you know, how do you handle, you know, upcoming recessions or downturns? What's the best strategies to mitigate that, you know, that risk as well? Yeah, no, that's a great point. So as we're headed into a, a recession, I believe, firmly believe this year, um, all the indicators that I that I look at are pointing in that direction. Um, you know, I I um, 
two things happen. For one, there becomes more supply in our in the secondary mortgage market. So prices of assets go down because more inventory, um, it's just natural occurrence. So I, I suspect that's gonna happen over the next few years. We're gonna be buying at higher yields. But with that said, we're gonna have more challenges on the delinquency side. So making sure that we're, we're continuously monitoring that delinquency report and our asset managers are, are making those contacts with the homeowners to make sure that they continue to pay on time. And if they don't, if all else, all else uh, kind of goes south, southbound, my roots are in the distressed mortgage space. So our team is fully equipped to um, put a, a, a homeowner through the foreclosure process if needed, which is the last resort, but we can do it if needed. So how is your deal flow compared to pre-COVID 2019? Is it more? Is it less? I mean, I, you know, I've, I've, I've been tracking foreclosure statistics and I think I saw one, it's up 500%, but it's, or whatever the statistic is, it's, it's a high number, but it's still, when you look at history, it's still peanuts compared to 2007, 2008 um, type of numbers uh, on an annual basis. So what's your thoughts on deal flow right now? Obviously you're looking at it from a secondary market standpoint, but that I'm sure there's effects um, in those markets as well, as opposed to direct. Yeah, so there's a parallel universe that exists in our industry, and one is, um, and this is no different than the retail space, but um, on at the mom and pop level, there's no inventory. There, there, everyone's being squeezed. Um, you have an abundance of people fighting, kicking, and scratching over the same over the same limited deal flow. But at, at higher levels uh, where, where we buy at, um, we have deep-rooted relationships with other hedge funds that we've been buying millions of dollars of mortgage loans over the course of years. So um, a lot of our trades are negotiated, um, off-market trades that, that uh, never see the light of day. And, and so um, as long as we're hitting pricing and, and all the other terms are, are where they need to be. Then, um, then we, we continue, continuously buy. We've been buying all throughout the pandemic. Actually, we had we had um, elevated our purchasing during the pandemic, which was probably a little part crazy, but because no one knew what was going on, but turned out to be to our favor, to our advantage, as in we picked up a lot of inventory at, at, um, at, at decent pricing. Excellent. Um- so you're really relying on your hedge fund relationships is what it sounds like um, when you're looking at buying tranches, you know, pools of mortgages, and then you're essentially selling them to your retail, you know, network, investor network, and providing them with cash flow and, you know, consistent returns um, if they desire. Is yeah, that we do kind of a summary? That's, yeah, that's yeah. one of the one of the paths um, that uh, you know we buy into our hedge fund in a non-performing state. We get it to modify, we season it, and we sell it into Bequest funds. That's one way it happens. But we also Bequest funds also buys from other hedge funds that works with uh, repairing mortgages and creating loan modifications. So we go both ways with it. Go both ways. Okay. No, that makes sense. And. Uh, it looks like you have a book called Note Investing Made Easier. Can you? It's on Amazon for all those who want to take a, you know, take a crack at it. When did you write that, and what inspired you to 
write that. Yeah. So I wrote that in 2017 and I've, I've since wrote a few other um, books on note investing, but that one I was, um, I was at church and I uh, just felt a calling that, um, you know, I had done very well. I've been very fortunate with this industry. Um, and I, I felt a, a spiritual calling to share what I know, the little that I know. And so that was in January of 2017. Uh, four months later, I had written the book. I've self-published it. Um, like many other authors, didn't think anyone would read it, but it became an uh, Amazon bestseller in, in the space, in that niche. And uh, it's been selling well ever since. And it's allowed me to meet incredible people along the way that I wouldn't have otherwise have met. That's awesome. Well, I'm definitely going to check the book out. And for my audience, I'd encourage you to check it out as well if you're interested in note investing. And Martin, how can my audience find you? What's the best way to reach you? Learn more about your funds. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They can uh, go to bqfunds.com. That's bqfunds.com. Or um, if you have a general question, it doesn't even have to be about investing in BQuest. It just could be, you know, you have a question about note investing. Um, I'm, an, I'm an educator at heart. So just email me at martin at bqfunds.com. Excellent. Well, thank you for coming on, Martin. And if you liked what you heard and or saw, please give us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps get our message out to a greater audience. So really appreciate your time and look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks, Anthony. Thank you.